Koinonia, Christian fellowship, communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia, this is community. I'm Tom Brown and your host today, Pastor Mark Buckley. Welcome to Koinonia. I'm glad to be with you. This is Mark Buckley from Living Streams. With me in the studio is Brian Kruckenberg. Brian is a pastor of New City, a booming church in uh, central Phoenix. Brian, thanks so much for making the time. Thanks for having me, Mark. Appreciate it. I want our listeners to get to know you up close and personal. So start with way back in the day. Where'd you come from? I'm a Kansas kid. Uh-huh. Born and raised in Kansas. And when I say Kansas, I mean all over the state. Lived in lots of little towns across the state of Kansas. What was your dad doing? My dad, when I was born, was um, working at some different jobs, but then went back to school to become a veterinarian. Mm-hmm. So my, my younger elementary years, my dad was in school. And so then when he graduated, we moved to Texas for about 16 months and then back to Kansas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So did you have any faith as a kid? Were you going to church? No, was not going to church. So my my mom's side of the family came from a pretty faithful religious background, mm-hmm. Baptist background. My dad was sort of German, right? So Lutheran by association. But most Sundays, church was nowhere on our radar. So you got to tell us how you came to know the Lord. And I understand you were a lawyer back in the day as well. So give us your story. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll try to stop here and there so I don't ramble too much, but coming to the Lord was, um, you know, looking back on it, I see that God mm-hmm. was in my life on a lot of different levels. You know, you can kind of, in retrospect, right. look back and go, I went that to... That wasn't just an accident. Yeah, I went to that one church service as yeah. a kid, and I heard the gospel here, but I think the first time I really started wrestling with the gospel, I was in high school, I was a senior in high school, and my art teacher as a matter of fact, was a believer mm-hmm. and lived in a smaller town in Kansas at this time, predominantly Catholic. So that was really the dominant faith and that of, of, the, of the whole city, really. And, but there was me, a good friend of mine, another friend of mine. We were all athletes. We were involved athletically in the school. And I don't know what it was. But one, we really liked Stan. He was, he was not only the art teacher, he was a wrestling coach, great guy. And we were curious about the faith, and I don't know if he saw something in us and how it happened. We ended up starting a Bible study over the book of Revelation. Really? Yeah. <laughs> at the school? or at- No, at Stan's house, actually. Uh-huh. So he, he was married, had two daughters, just a little bit younger than us. So we went out to his house. Four of us started that Bible study, I think, in the fall of my senior year, by the spring of my senior year, there was probably 30 to 40 people coming to Wow, it. that's yeah. wonderful. Yeah, it was pretty wild. So um, you, th- th- I was raised Catholic, and nobody ever really talked about the Lord when you were raised Catholic. I mean, mm-hmm. not, not in Northern California anyway. Mm-hmm. So this was one of the first guys that you remember actually dropping some seeds and sharing his faith a little bit, huh? Yeah, you know, as a as a child, I you know, I had an uncle who was a who was a pastor, um, my my mom, so my aunt's mm-hmm. husband, um, and and so I went and heard a couple sermons and my mom would would pray for us mm-hmm. here and there, but there there was a lot going on in my household yeah. too, actually surrounding faith and religion at times. Mm-hmm. And so um, again, Hindsight being 2020 and adult, you know, as an adult, you look back and have a little more clarity about what was going on in the house. Um, 
but really my senior year in high school is the first time started digging into the word and and meeting Jesus the Jesus who I think in my heart I'd, I'd wondered if was out there but it was that senior in high school really started discovering that all right my guest is Brian Kruckenberg we're gonna find out about his testimony he's pastor of New City one of the great churches here in the valley we'll be right back after these messages Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams. My guest is Brian Kruckenberg from New City Church. Um, Brian, tell us what happened then. You were you graduated from high school. Where'd you go? So I went to Kansas State University. Go Wildcats, Manhattan, Kansas. Did you play any sports in college? I, I ended up transferring back to a smaller college and played a little bit of football there. Uh-huh. So What position? Yeah. Um, well, I played quarterback in high school, mm-hmm. and then when I was in, uh, when I played for a little bit, I played a defensive back slash linebacker. All right. Yeah. Just enough to get banged up a little bit and right. not quite quick enough to go <laughs> big time, right? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Definitely didn't have a D1 arm, for yeah. sure. Well, it's, uh, I mean, you know, high school football is really fun. At least the games are fun. I wasn't much of a practice guy, but the games are a lot of fun. Yeah, no, it was, it was a blast. We, my senior year was pretty memorable. We had a good team and, and advanced in the state playoffs mm-hmm. a little ways. So, yeah, it was a good time. Yeah, definitely. So um, what happened with your faith and what happened with your college? Yeah, so, so I was baptized, um, I think it was March of my senior year, so right before graduation, graduated in May, then went to college without any foundation. So I went to college, so didn't wasn't connected in, into any Christian network, didn't have any sort of a church rhythm, mm-hmm. and so kind of did a typical college thing. Yeah, just started partying and stuff. Partying, studied. I, I always took schools pretty seriously, mm-hmm. so I had that going for me, but definitely wasn't walking with the Lord. Mm-hmm. And uh, so keep it going. What were you studying and, and what was your focus? Yeah, so, you know, like every good college student, you change majors a, mm-hmm. a couple of times. Mm-hmm. And so I was just kind of have a generic business major. And eventually I got a degree in communications and got a master's in communications. And it's then that I met my wife, who I'm married to now. We met when I was getting my graduate degree and she was finishing up her undergrad degree. And after that, I went to law school. So I just wasn't sure. You were a sure. perpetual student, man. <laughs> wasn't sure exactly what I wanted to do. So uh-huh. I just kept going to school. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, what kind of law did you eventually get into? I was practicing corporate law. So I graduated law school in 1999. Mm-hmm. So it's crazy to think about it. But the internet was just really starting to take on like right. common usage then. I remember hearing in the mid-90s, someone going online and asking, what does right, that mean? Right. So 
99, graduate from law school, a lot of people, they're starting to transact business with emails online, and people were asking themselves, well, do we have a contract? Do we not have a contract? And so laws get passed. Attorneys have to be a part of figuring those laws out and drafting website terms and conditions and so all those things. So there's plenty of business then, huh? Yeah, it was it was fun. I mean, I it was a it was a unique time to to be an attorney and had a great job was working at a firm uh, in downtown Kansas City, Missouri and things life, life was good. Yeah. And and what happened? Well, so I got married in 1999 as well. So we, my wife and I dated throughout my law school. Um, she married me even before I passed the bar. So she, she, took, took, a, a big she risk. took a risk <laughs> and said, you better pass this thing. And I did, thankfully. And so um, it was actually there that my life really turned for the better. Mm-hmm. That's, I met a man named Rich. Rich and I are still really good friends. Um, we had studied for the bar together, but then we went back to our respective, or I apologize, we had interned at a firm together. Mm-hmm. Then we both went back to our respective schools, and he became a believer. Came back to me the next year and started talking to me about God all the time and inviting me to church and all the, the time. The seed had already been sown in your heart. And Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Right. So, but I wasn't walking with Jesus. I knew I wasn't walking with Jesus. I knew everything Rich said to me was true, but I just ignored him for as yeah. long as I could. Yeah. And, you know, that's one of the most important things that any believer can do in any field is just simply share your faith with the people that you love or, you know, because it's not futile, is it? I mean, that's what it takes for a lot of us. We need somebody loving us enough to tell us the truth. Yep. And so he did. So eventually it was actually Super Bowl Sunday of 2000. Um, Someone told me, yeah, it was the Kurt Warner Super Bowl. I'm like, I don't really even remember the Super Bowl. Uh, now that I, I was told that, I'm like, okay, I kind of remember that. But it was that day that was the turning point. Went to church that morning and knew I was not walking with the Lord, and the pastor started speaking. And I was, you know, it was one of those experiences. Like, did this guy, is this guy reading my mind? Is yeah. he, you know, did yeah. he read my mail this morning? And the Holy Spirit's just using his words to just speak right to you. And that night, I was supposed to go to a Super Bowl party, didn't go to it. Um, and just the Lord really started working on me. And that was the turning point to, if I could say that was the turning point yeah. to, to today, you know, 16 mm-hmm. some odd years later, it would be that January in the year 2000. So you decided to not run away anymore. Yep. Exactly. Turn towards them. Did right. you start going to church on a regular basis at that point, or? Yeah, every time the door was open. So I was. I, I am an incessant learner. That's mm-hmm. what I do. And so I law taught me how to research and study and and look for answers and not be satisfied with the first answer that you might mm-hmm. find. And so I really started devouring the scripture for the first time in my life. And so I was in Bible studies and Old Testament class. I was in. I was there at six in the morning to help set up chairs. I was kind of that. I was like the That's pastor's neat. dream. What kind of <laughs> what kind of church was it? Um, it was a small, uh, independent, charismatic church. Mm-hmm. In, but the cool thing too was, ironically, say I went to K State. Mm-hmm. The church was associated with the University of Kansas, so there was tons of international students. Mm-hmm. So this was God's irony that I. I get saved, you know, or or gets inserted back into the family of God with a bunch of Jayhawks. Um, And anyway, so lots of diversity, Mm -hmm. lots of people from all around the world at this church. So it was really, really pretty cool. So tight community and 
Yeah. And that's what people need, right? They yeah. need community as much as anything because community of community people that are loving each other, that's a community of people that are living out the command of Christ. Yeah. And apart from that, when people think they can just go to church or go a couple times a month or I'm a believer or I'm saved, if you're missing community, you're missing the treasure in the body of Christ. Yeah, yeah. That's My wife and I look back on that time, and, and it was— People embraced us, took us in, and especially for us, because we we didn't have any community of faith at all. So, what was your wife's experience? I mean, you started wanting to go, and yeah. did she come right along? She did. Interestingly enough, when we met in college, and we had a similar story. She had a Catholic background, um, and her mom taught her about Christ, those sorts of things. But she really wasn't walking with the Lord either. But when we met, she said one of the things that attracted. Uh, her to me was the fact that I actually shared that I believed in God and that and that was important to me. You know, it was a very yeah. shallow, but sh- very shallow. But it was honest, <laughs> but it was. It yeah. was honest. It was definitely. Yeah. It was all I knew to be. I definitely didn't have any sort of a depth to my faith, but but something in her resonated with that too. And so we we started actually trying out churches together. Mm-hmm. We went to all different types of churches. And um, and really, that's a pretty neat experience in a way. I mean, in some yeah. ways, you're probably glad that you did that, right? Yeah. Because you would have never, if you find the perfect church on the first day, yeah. and never know what's going on out there. It's interesting to have a little ex- exploration time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, so we went to all these different churches, most of which, unfortunately, were just people who are much, much older than us, and so it was hard for us to connect, or it was maybe what we felt like so traditional. We didn't really yeah. understand what was going on. Um, in fact, it helped me like years later, I didn't realize the Lord was doing this, of course, but like looking back on those things and my experience, when we started New City Church, mm-hmm. there were some things I pulled from even in those experiences. Yeah. yeah. So, you want to make it friendly, you know? Yeah. You want people to be able to, to feel like they're not awkward when they walk in your door. Right. right. Um, okay. So I want to find out about New City, but okay. get us there one step at a time. Okay. You're practicing law. You're a new believer. You're yes. very active in this fellowship, and yes. you loved it. Yep. What changed? Uh, well, I mean, for me, it it was sort of like, I mean, I start thinking of the parables of the kingdom, you know. For me, it was like that treasure of the kingdom. I really, like, discovered mm-hmm. that treasure and maybe blew the dust off that treasure. Yeah. That was there the whole time. Right. 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 And so... Our life really did, I think, in a mostly healthy way, revolved around our faith life. And mm-hmm. so um, just got more and more involved, and it wasn't long before pastors started asking me if I'd ever considered being a pastor. And I said, I have no idea what you're even talking about. Yeah. But we ended up, so we were driving 40 miles one way to go to church because that's the church we were invited to, and that's mm-hmm. the community we built. So my wife gets pregnant. We started. We were inviting our friends all the time to come to church. Mm-hmm. It's too far for it's them. It's too far. Yeah. And so we're like, we really, as we grew in our faith too, it felt like we started getting a foundation. We said, we need to be at a church closer to home. Yeah. So we, we started coming to a church, which is a really tough decision. That's a whole story in and of itself. It is. And, and you know, it's wonderful that it is a tough decision because you love those people. They were your family, right? Yeah. And that's... That's a treasure. When people move from one city to another, just casually take a job and take off, they don't realize sometimes how much they're leaving behind. You wouldn't leave your stocks and bonds behind, you know, Mm -hmm. but sometimes people casually leave 
yeah. their fellowship, and uh, it can cost them if they're not ready for it. Yeah. Well, you read the letters, Paul, and you can see that there was deep relationship, even though he moved quite a bit as right. the Lord directed him, but there was weeping and there was right. begging, don't leave. And yeah. we experienced some of that. You know, we've not been to very many churches at all right. because to us, you go and you get involved and you meet people and it becomes about the people. Right. That's right. Um, but we made that move. We invited our friends and it wasn't too long after I was at this church. Of course, I was helped setting up chairs. Yeah. I kind of just dove in and go, hey, what needs to be done? My wife was really big pregnant at this point with our first child, who's now 15. And um, so we got more involved. And then wasn't long after that, these pastors at this other church started asking me, hey, you ever thought you about that? Thing? <laughs> 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 my my guest is Brian Kruckenberg, pastor of New City Church, one of the fastest growing churches in our valley. Stay tuned. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley. My guest is Brian Kruckenberg from New City. So, Brian, you have a growing um, legal practice, and at the same time, you're being pulled into a whole new fellowship, and that's probably doing pretty well, too. So you've had a little bit of taste of being, com- your wife's pregnant, <laughs> completely overextended, right? Yeah, absolutely. What happened? Well, so I was working, by this time, I had gone from uh, the law firm to in-house at Sprint. The world headquarters was centered there just outside of Kansas City where we lived. So I was an in-house attorney, had a great job, great environment, great pay, all those things. And But just really felt like if I was going to give my life and my hours, you know, all every hour that I worked, I really started feeling like I think I'm supposed to give it in a full-time practice of ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, and so eventually... Had you done any preaching or teaching at that point? I started getting more and more involved. So I went from like, you know, set up team to evangelism mm-hmm. team to whatever. And I mm-hmm. think I, I, at that point I had taught like at the youth service. So mm-hmm. kind of the stereotypical, yeah. you know, hey, Just get making this. yourself available. And- yeah. I think I preached a 10 minute sermon once with a guy standing in a baptismal. I think it was supposed to be like one minute. <laughs> <laughs> He was sort of like, just shush, be quiet, and just let me be baptized. Amazing, yeah. yeah. Um, but no, I did that, yeah. And so, and, you know, the pastor saw something in me and, and said, hey, I needed some training and some schooling. Now, by this time, it had been about five years, so I'd been to lots of different classes. What kind of church was it this time? Um, this was a, it was a non-denominational Christian church, mm-hmm. so... 
Um, doesn't have the charismatic flair mm-hmm. that the church had before, mm-hmm. but similar in a lot of ways. Yeah. Lots of young people. Church wasn't that old. Um, it was getting ready to start a second location. So those sorts of things. Yeah. So long story short, through lots of prayers and lots of tears and lots of conversation, one day I walked into my boss's office and said, I quit. And I'm going to be, you know, become a pastor at this church. I worked in family ministries. But then I also practiced law on the side, so to speak. So for yeah. a while there, supplemented your income. Supplemented already. my income because it was it was a different it was a You're different deal. You're already addicted to a different salary. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a pastor salary. Not, yeah, for sure. And my wife had so our our she we had our first child and then mm-hmm. she was pregnant with our second, I believe, during this time, and she had quit her job. Mm-hmm. So we'd gone from two salaries to one salary, which was an attorney right. salary. Right. It was it was wild, um, and somehow. Somehow we, I still don't know how we did it, mm-hmm. to be honest. Like, there's no way the math could, we must have been wasting a lot of money. Before. <laughs> you probably were. Yeah, we were. So I started working at, at this church. and um, Did you enjoy it? I did. I did. I mean, it was a, it was a huge adjustment. Uh-huh. I mean, I went from, you know, corporate environment, all right. of my needs were taken care of. I'd show up at my office, my desk. If I need yeah. something, I pushed a button, someone brought right. it to me. And literally my my first office at this church was in a garage. Uh-huh. Like literally a roll up door uh-huh. in Kansas, not in Phoenix. Right. 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 And like I remember Where it gets cold and it gets humid. Exactly. And I'll never forget having to rake the leaves out of my office. <laughs> and I thought, wow, <laughs> I've what have I done here? Yeah. Um but I, I, I'll still remember, so I did family ministry. I'll still remember those first, those first uh, fifth and sixth graders that I had, you know, this privilege of pastoring and yeah. went to camp with them. And I, I remember your heart into them. Yeah. Right? And the families, it was, it was a cool experience. I mean, there was lots of, there was lots of learning. And, and of course there was, I got introduced to church politics and yeah. all of that stuff that I didn't know existed. Um, but all in all, yeah, it was a great experience. I remember teaching a Sunday school class. I'm like uh, 21 or 22 years old and some fifth and sixth graders and telling the story of Jacob and his 12 sons and his youngest son, Joseph. And I'm really into this story. And there's a little hand that goes up in the background. And she says, wasn't Benjamin the youngest son of Jacob? (laughs) And I'm like, Oh man, she knows the Bible better than I do. I'm in trouble. <laughs> That's awesome. So um, you got into it, and you began to bear fruit and and love the work of the ministry. Yeah, yeah. And at that point, because I taught here and there, I started teaching, and I feel like that was always something the Lord gave me to do. Like long before I was ever. A part of a ministry I was just sort of in me who I was I always yeah. liked speech and those sorts of mm-hmm. things and but I started getting an opportunity to teach and then I was I was like you know that with myself and some and some wise counts around me it's like I probably should get you know maybe a little bit more formal education you know and and so then I started pursuing that and that's actually what actually brought me out west it was the pursuit of that. Originally, I was going to go to Fuller in Pasadena. God intervened, and I ended up working for a different church. But um, it's funny to think about it. My first trip out west was to to pursue the potential of furthering my education and just seeing what the Lord had for me. And, and God ended up, 
you know, putting lots of different relationships in my path and redirected our steps a little bit. Um, and here we are. But it, the, And how'd you end up here in Phoenix? Yeah. Well, gosh, such a long story because there's friendships and there's people that we knew that had moved out here. That's how we initially started looking at Phoenix was some friends of ours had recently moved out here from Kansas City, some of our closest friends. Another uh, family friend of ours actually had performed their wedding out here. Um, they, end up, they had moved back here from Kansas City. So we had relational ties in Phoenix. We were, the church was going through a transition. I was looking at furthering my education. Got an opportunity through Bethel to do this unique cohort, but it was in San Diego. Mm-hmm. Um, somehow ended up in Phoenix and not San Diego. Still trying to figure out how that happened. Um, but... Um, You're not talking about Bethel and Reading, are you? I'm talking about Bethel Theological Seminary, that okay, the yeah. West Coast campus right. in. That's right. Yeah, yeah, they have their main campus is St. Paul. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. So, but end up coming and taking a job with uh, with Life Church, Life Church TV. It was called at the okay. time. Now it's called Life Church. They were starting two new campuses out here, and they needed some help in their their campus pastor and associate pastor staff. And so I came out and took one of those roles out here in t- 2005. And that wasn't a huge success, was it? Um, well, you know, I think... I it, mean, it I got think, you here for sure, right? Yeah, it did, you know. Well, tell it, us what it, happened. You know, it was, and, and and a lot of people... Craig Groeschel's got a very public ministry, yeah, written yeah. a lot of books, and you probably heard... And One I, of the biggest churches in the country, right? I think so. It might, it might be the largest. I don't know. It's hard to keep track of, of that one. Um, it was a great experience. So I didn't realize I was getting church planting experience when we started working for Life Church. And I don't think Life Church did either. But because we started with two campuses, we spent a lot of money and we soon realized that wasn't working. We we consolidated down to one campus and so a lot of staff went back to Oklahoma. I'd never lived in Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. We went from Kansas City to here. We just kind of hunkered down and, and yeah. got after it. And yes, it ended up where the, the the church campus ended up becoming what what was called at that time a network church, mm-hmm. but before that happened, I mean we had five hundred people coming to That's the ch- great. we had five hundred people coming start. to the church, and we were meeting in a literally like seventy five hundred square feet. We had nothing. We had no mm-hmm. space. We were doing ministry out of little closets and which is again church planting, mm-hmm. right? And it was really, it, it really, there was a lot of great things that happened. What happened to it, though? Well, we got kicked out of our building, and <laughs> this will be aired publicly, but I think now it's long enough. But that's what happened. We, we, um, there were some issues with our zoning. Mm-hmm. We got, we ended up getting removed from our building. We had to transfer to a different building. We had gone through, and we'd gone through so much change. Yeah. And ultimately, Mark, what happened was when that happened, I led through that transition. We led through lots of transition in that church. Staff coming and going, location changes, one, two, three, four different locations. Mm -hmm. Um, Eventually, what I and what I told Craig was, I felt the Lord calling me to church plant. Yeah, and um, there had been so much transition. I think the overall leadership was was looking to transition it too. So, was life. Church was that all about showing Craig Groeschel on the big screen? It 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 was. Um, I mean, I wouldn't. Say, I, I understand your question. It wasn't all about that, of course. Um, but he was the main teacher. Okay. Yeah. So he was. So when you said church plant, you were saying I'm ready to pastor a church. Yes. And I love you guys, and I'd yes. be glad to be in relationship. But it's not going to be you on the screen. It's going to be us doing a regular church. Yes. 
That's accurate. Yes. And so, what, and also what had happened, so there's so much that goes in this story. You realize I'm growing in my faith. I'm growing as a leader. Right, right. You realize and now I've gone through this program at Bethel. It was, a, it was a demon program. I'm learning lots. I'm discovering who I am as a what leader. What you really pastor. believe and what what you, how you really want to do church. Exactly, exactly. And so I felt like the Lord, there was some things I wanted to do that I felt like God had given us to do. Yeah. And I wanted to fail on... If we were going to fail, let's just fail on our own. What were some of those core values that you said, this is what I could contribute, or this is how we want to build a healthy local church? Yeah. Well, first of all, location was a calling, I believe. And you see that in the scripture, I think. You see, yeah. you know, so, and what I mean by that is we were in the East Valley, we were out in the Burbs, and a lot of churches had been planted out there, and there was a lot of great things going on, but we saw a need in Central Phoenix. Yeah. And, and I think this probably goes back a little bit to my childhood because I, I grew up poor, but also to our first church experience. We wanted the people to be different. Yeah, yeah. We wanted there to be... Cosmopolitan, not just all white cookie cutter Christians. <laughs> huh? Yeah, so, you know, Gilbert is awesome, yeah. but, it, you right. know, it kind of... It's Gilbert. It's kind of the same. Yeah. yeah. Um, no offense to the Gilbert people. Love Gilbert. Right. Um, shout out to Gilbert. Shout out to Gilbert, of course. But we just really wanted to try church, one in a little bit different place, one to a little bit different people. One, we we saw a little bit more in the need. Mm -hmm. And I did feel like the Lord gave me certain leadership and teaching gifts that needed to be exercised where I could kind of teach and lead people through the scripture and let's let's work through this together. Wonderful. My guest is Brian Kruckenberg. He's the pastor of New City Church. We're going to find out all about New City when we come back from these messages. Stay tuned. Thank you. Welcome back to Koinonia. I'm Mark Buckley from Living Streams, and I'm talking with Brian Kruckenberg from New City. So when did you plant New City? So we moved downtown, my wife and three kids, and we moved there in January of 2010. Mm-hmm. I think January may have even been the first. And then we started doing the work of the planting in January of 2010. We launched publicly in January of, or in February of 2011. So we worked about a year building a building a team, yeah. figuring and, and out how were you supported during that time. Um, f- primarily through a few people mm-hmm. that, that who, believed in you, that believed in me. So a few of those from the church in, in at Life Church. Mm-hmm. Um, Mark, just a few completely God sent. No way you can other describe yeah. it except for God told them to give me that check. Yeah, because you didn't really make it happen, huh? Yeah, and didn't, like, some people knew us really, really well and supported us, mm-hmm. right? So that you can kind of go, hey, yeah, yeah. but then there's those, there's those few that you're like, you just have to go, God just did that. Yeah, isn't you that know? neat? 
It's really cool. That's an important thing to rest in, huh? So yeah. what were some of the core values um, that you felt were important as you planted New City? Yeah. You said you mentioned that you wanted a church that had some diversity. Yep. I mean, and that's really your calling. Your calling was more than to an inner city area where there's going to be more ethnic diversity. Absolutely. That was certainly one of them. Mm-hmm. And we prayed a lot about that. Mm-hmm. We weren't sure exactly how that would happen. Mm-hmm. We, we really wanted to have a church that looked like the neighborhood. So that's what we spent our time doing is meeting the people in the neighborhood, meeting people who other people said we should know in the neighborhood, mm-hmm. those sorts of things. And so our values really were pretty simple. Who's here in this community? What language do they speak? Right. And I'm not talking necessarily about a dialect. You know what I'm saying? Like yeah. cultural language. What, right. Where do, they, where do they move and go? Where do they value? Those sorts of things. So who's here? And, and then how does the gospel speak to them? Because we know it does. Yeah. And so, you know, we prayed about having college students at our church, diverse church, um, a church that also had some age diversity because of the, um, the historic districts that a lot of people don't, are missing out on. They don't even know exist in our, in our city. And so some really unique people that live in those neighborhoods. Artists was a big focus for us because we were in their neighborhood. Like we right. moved into their neighborhood, yeah. right? They yeah. weren't ours. And, um, and so we had to figure that out. And then, of course, the under-resourced population. And so whether it be homeless or just people in need, one thing that stood out immediately moving from Gilbert to downtown Phoenix was that. Sure. You get, you get overwhelmed with that pretty early on. And so our values really had to do with the people. And then, of course, we were really committed to the scripture and a... Preaching, and I, building on the word of God. Absolutely. And I don't even, I don't like the word traditional. I don't like the word conservative. I would just say biblical. Yeah. You know, we want to read the Bible. And what put is, it into practice today yeah. in our culture. Right. Yep. Yeah. And, and so that's what we try to do. And who joined you? Who, who's been part of your core team? Yeah, so initially it was my family and then a few people that knew us from the East Valley. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, it became real to me. New City, the, there's a few of those defining moments, as you know, in ministry. And one of them early on was when a couple came to us and said, we're selling our house in Chandler and we're moving downtown. Wow, that's neat. And I'm like, I, I don't know if you... <laughs> you sure you know what you're sure doing? you sure you want to do this? Uh-huh. You know, because I went home and I literally told my wife, and I'm only half joking, like, I, we really, I think we really have to do this. Yeah. People are really, and and I don't even want that. I, I don't think that's even false humility. It was just that it was humbling, right? And going, wow, this is pretty cool. And so we had a few people that moved with that moved with us, and and some people who had been out there that were that had like lived in Arcadia that were a little closer that said, hey, we want to come and mm-hmm. join join you in this. And then we just started spreading the word. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you get to meet the right people, and this person says, hey, you should talk to this person. And right. so you start sharing vision, and people just kind of start, you know, sticking to the side of it, and you just keep Isn't going Isn't it forward. funny that sometimes it's not the people you would have expected, but people you wouldn't have expected that surprise you, and then some people are with you for a season, and you think they're going to be with you for life, and they're not, and others, because you'll pour a ton of time and energy, especially when you're planting and you just have a few people. You can give everything you've got. Mm-hmm. I think I over-pastored people in the early days. I think I scared them away. It's like, 
come on over for dinner, you know, you want to have lunch during the week, you know, you need counseling. Yeah, yeah. I, I literally, we, there used to be a, a free uh, advertising newspaper called The Penny Saver in the Valley, and my boys delivered it. When we were planting our church, I took out an ad out in The Penny Saver that said, if you're discouraged, distressed, or depressed, and I put my phone number, call me. One guy called, and after talking to me, I think he thought I was more discouraged than he was. He never showed up for the appointment. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, man. So how has it developed? Yeah, so there's, there's so many different things I could tell and, you know, about how, how this happened. But we were down, and we, you know, your we, first building was where? well, we we rented a little space, and that we still occupy now that we own, um, in just south of Roosevelt on Second Ave. And the first thing we did wasn't a church service; it was an art show. Mm-hmm. And and honestly, that really set the the early DNA for our church. Sometimes good, sometimes bad. Sometimes we're not. Oh, that's the that's the art church. Like, okay, that's part of who we are. But we preach Jesus and those sorts of things too, right? But that's how we started. We did a First Friday event. Uh, for those who don't know, Phoenix has a, a massive First Friday um, every First Friday of the month, and so thousands of people descend on our area downtown. And so we thought. What's the community doing? Mm-hmm. Rather than us trying to create something, let's let's get involved. Let's join it, yeah. Let's join it. And so we had a few photographers, and I said, frame up your stuff and get some friends to do that. And we hit the ground running with that, and that certainly got us into some interesting conversations with different mm-hmm. people. And that really did set us up for a relationship that would help begin to grow the early core of the church. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't long after we did that, I met... Um, with some a couple elders from a church in in the city center whose pastor was leaving to take a different role and they had about 75 80 people or so that were looking for a pastor and what ended up happening was we ended up joining forces and becoming new city church Mm -hmm. so they kind of left behind a little bit of their old identity and they became a part of who who we were becoming as a new city Uh, roughly how many of those folks are still with you do you think oh gosh um think 25 are still with you probably something like that because mergers are maybe mergers are interesting i i think mergers can be used to build momentum but it's rarely one plus one equals two you know most Mm -hmm. of the time one plus one equals 1.2 within Mm -hmm. six months or a year or whatever yeah our our experience was almost everyone stayed for initially initially yeah. Yeah. yeah which they do and and a lot of people go and it's not bad reasons i mean you know it's right. it's i was a different leader i it became right. a different church and some people were driving a long ways and they had that relationship and affinity but for it, that it, pastor it wasn't and, it wasn't a hard fall or a an abrupt it was just like it gave them time to transition wherever they're going to go over the months to come yep and i would say thing. that's that was 99% of the people that transitioned yeah. that was their story so, so different things like that, the art show and the, the merger and, mm-hmm. and sharing the Lord and people coming to Christ, and, and then your nucleus began to grow. Yes. Yeah. And tell us what's happening now. Yeah. So, well, within the last two years, we, we bought a, a new building, a, a space at 1300 North Central Avenue. So for those familiar, it's right across the street from the main public library downtown, we had been meeting, not at that house that we that we purchased where we did our art shows at initially, but we had been meeting at 4331 North Central, so mm-hmm. up central between Indian School and Camelback. And uh, we bought this building, um, and we opened it up. 
gosh, when was it? In 2015, early part of 2015, I think January or February was our first gathering in there. And we've become, I mean, we've grown a, a lot. You know, we've gone from the 200 to the 400 to the 600 to, you know, 1500 plus. And now we do have people coming from kind of everywhere. Right. You right. know, we have people driving from Maricopa, mm-hmm. which is well, crazy. Congratulations! Yeah, <laughs> it's a whole different dynamic. It, it is, it is. But, um, I, but, but still, the heart of who we are is Central Phoenix. I yeah. mean, you know, we the intersection that we sit at, and you know it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know how many listeners know it, but it's right by the the park too, Margaret T. Hans Deck Park. Park. It's where the the ten runs underneath our city. That's right. where we are. Right. And so we have lots of homeless. And so we have, I mean, on any given Sunday, we always say, you don't know what's going to happen. And you don't. Right. You, <laughs> and we mean it. And we love it. Mm-hmm. But we also have the North Central, you know, middle, you upper the middle. The upper class up, and the lower class. Absolutely. Everybody's there. Everybody's Which there. Which is what a church should be. It should be all yeah. races and all classes. Yeah. It's, yeah. That's a healthy mix, you know. Yeah. It is. And we have an advantage in that. I would say, like, you know, I remember pastoring in the, if you pastor out in Queen Creek, it's going to be different than if you right. pastor in downtown Phoenix, right. you know? And so I think you pastor where you are, and, and to the extent there's diversity in your community, you want to look like your community, but you also realize it's not going to look like downtown Phoenix right? if you're in Queen Creek. So w- what are some of the distinctives of New City that you're most thankful for and that you value and you don't want to lose? Well, I do think, I think our, just to go off what we've already said, arts and and the creativity. Mm -hmm. And so I think our embracing of, of the arts, it's how I think artists have stayed. People ask me, how do you get artists to come to your church? I say, let them be artists, Mm -hmm. which is hard sometimes. Do you incorporate art in your services itself? We do, not as much as we probably should. Mm -hmm. We have to, we have to fight to keep that as a part of our services. Yeah. Um, so I think that's one. I think um, I think the second distinctive of our church, and I, I don't know if it's distinctive. We all think we're unique, mm-hmm. right? Um, but most people would think about our church because we're young, we're in a hip neighborhood, those sorts of things, that we would, that the Bible wouldn't be central to who we are and what we do, and it just is. And I think the reason I would say that's a distinctive is because it's not expected, Perhaps does that make sense, Mark? Yeah. Like yeah. so, I think that they'll, makes... th- they'll think, well, you're probably liberal when it comes to the word, and it's all relative or whatever. Mm-hmm. And you've maintained the core that mm-hmm. this church is built on the word. Yeah. Of God. So that's where I'd start. When we come back, I can keep expanding on that a little good, bit if you'd good. like. I'd like that because obviously politics is a big deal in our culture too, and that's got to be a challenge for you. Stay tuned. My guest is Brian Kruckenberg. We'll be right back after these messages. Welcome back. I'm, we're wrapping up with Brian Kruckenberg from New City. Brian, um, the political uh, 
situation was so tense, so difficult. You did a whole series on politics around the election, didn't you? Yes. And, and so, and I would say that's a distinctive for New City, too. We've always gone after the hard, issues. The hard issues. So when it comes to sex or marriage, those sorts of things, we go after it because we think that our people need that because they're they talking. They do need it. It, it frustrates me a little when I hear pastors say, well, we don't want to get into that. We don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to offend anybody. It's like, well, that's the whole, <laughs> that's not the whole point, but the gospel is offensive. Yeah. And our people are where they get in their information from CNN, Fox News, wherever, yeah. other stations, this station. And this, and the scripture has a lot to say about these things. And as pastors, and we're not willing to open up the scripture and, and wrestle through this. And we have lots of people on, we have a diverse crowd. Yeah. Um, and so you're not telling people who to vote for, but you're no. telling you're talking about the issues. Absolutely. You've got to. Got to. I had I had one guy leave our church because I said that, you know, loving our neighbor means that if they're an immigrant, we still have to love them. Yeah. You know what I mean? We're yeah. not called to hate them. We're called to share Jesus with them. Absolutely. We're crying out loud if they were drowning in the ocean and you're taking a ship through the ocean, then you've got to pull them onto your ship and not say, whoop, there could be a terrorist among them, you know? Right. Give me yeah. a break. Yeah. So yeah. tell people how to reach you at New City and what your website is. So our website is newcityphx.com. So just that simple. And we're on Facebook and Twitter and all that fun stuff as well. Wonderful. My guest has been Brian Krockenberg. I hope you've enjoyed this interview. Thanks, Brian, for being with me. It was a pleasure, Mark. Thanks for having me. If you want to come to Living Streams sometime, livingstreams.org is our website. You could join us on Sunday at Central and Glendale, 9.15 or 11. Wherever you go, though, be faithful, love your brothers, and uh, serve God together. You'll never regret it. God bless.